Israelites once again did not obey God, so God allowed them to be ruled by their enemies, the Midianites. The Midianites were cruel to Israel. They took Israel's food and animals. The Israelites remembered how good life was when they loved and obeyed God. They cried out to God, save us. The angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak tree. He appeared to a man named Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon was afraid. His family was the weakest family in his tribe, and he was the youngest son in the family. But the Lord had chosen Gideon to deliver the Israelites from the power of their enemy. The Lord assured Gideon, I will be with you. When the time came to go to battle, Gideon blew a ram's horn. An army of men gathered behind Gideon ready to fight. Gideon wanted a sign from God. He prayed, I will put fleece on the ground. If the fleece is wet with dew, but the ground is dry, I will believe you will deliver Israel as you say. That is exactly what happened. The fleece was so wet that Gideon squeezed enough water out to fill a bowl. But Gideon asked for another sign. This time, the fleece was dry and the ground was wet. God told Gideon that he had too many people with him. Gideon sent home everyone who was afraid to fight. 10,000 men remained. That's still too many, God said. God made a test for the people. All of them were to go to the river to drink the water. Anyone who knelt to drink water was sent home. But whoever lapped the water with his hand to his mouth stayed. 300 men remained. That night, Israel's armies carried torches, blew their trumpets, and shattered pitchers. They ran toward the camp of Midianites. Gideon and his army chased the Midianites, and they ran away. God gave Israel the victory. The Israelites said, Gideon, you rescued us. Now we want you to be our king. Gideon said, no, God will rule over you. But after Gideon died, the Israelites once again ignored God and forgot about him, who had delivered them from the power of their enemies. The Israelites cried out to God because they knew they could not save themselves. Even Gideon was not enough to save them. God used Gideon to help his people, but God fought the battle for them. The people needed someone who was mighty to save. Jesus Christ came to save us from sin because we cannot save ourselves. Only God through Christ can save us. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? You guys got the blood going and everything? I saw all of you. Some of you are moving a little better than others, but um, that's okay. Well, I just want to say a big welcome to everyone here in the room and to those watching online. Um, I was uh, sharing with a couple people this morning. It was kind of fun to watch people walk into the room with the new setup. And, you know, everybody's looking for their usual chair, and they're kind of like, what do I do? Where do we go? And, but you guys rolled with it. And so, you know, it's good to change things up sometimes, isn't it? 
kind of gets us out of our, our rut that we maybe, maybe even don't realize that we're in. So, But today is, uh, again, our fifth Friday, and it's our family service. And so the kids are here. Um, there's noises. My youngest son, obviously, is contributing probably to 90% of those um, right now. And, uh, and that's okay. And that's, I always go back to, you know, when we read in Scripture and, and Jesus was, you know, walking through the countryside and large groups were gathering. I doubt very highly that they probably had a child care at that time. And, you know, the kids need to come over here and they need to be very quiet because he's, you know, it was just, it's just life, right? This is normal. And it's great to have everybody in here together. And also, we, we want to do this, too, because we believe with all our hearts here that it is so important and vital for our children to see how we worship the Lord, what it is, what we do in this service. You know, they go downstairs and we're up here, but what's going on? That's why I appreciated Pastor Tony in that moment and, and why we give and things like that. You know, there's, there's reasons and there's purpose behind everything we do here as part of our worship, and it's, and it's, it's all of our job, right? Uh, to, to, to show our kids, to teach our kids on what it is to, to, to see and to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and what it is to walk out that life as a Christian. And so we want to demonstrate that. And so, again, today is just a great gathering, and I, I just love seeing all of your faces. I appreciate uh, the participation on the songs. Um, I don't know if most of you grew up with those. I grew up with all of those songs and doing all those things, and so um, it was a lot of fun to kind of go back uh, to that place and to participate. So um, if you uh, are here for the first time, obviously we are... Uh, things are a little different today. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we usually have a, a pretty good time, but it's probably a little bit more today than, than maybe normal or a little different with the kids. But we do want to just say a big welcome to you, and uh, hopefully, you know, you're enjoying this service uh, with all of us. I just wanted to just take a few moments today. It's going to be a, a little uh, less, um, a little briefer sermon. I always joke, I joke around all the time about the sermonette. So that's, I think, what you're going to get, but it's never guaranteed with a preacher because we tend to just change that into a, a sermon and altar call and everything else. So we just, it's just, it's just in us. So, um, but we're going to, I want to touch today on just this idea and this thought. You know, we saw this video today, and that's from our curriculum in the children's ministry called The Gospel Project. And I don't know about you, but it's just, the gospel and, and the message of the Bible is simple, isn't it? It's not hard to understand. It's not supposed to be complex. And so, you know, the simplicity of these videos, we kind of laugh, but it, it really, they get to the core of all the, the main themes, right? And the main ideas behind them. They're very clear, and it's very simple to see. And so, you know, I love kind of breaking things down sometimes to this, this child's level. Um, I, I think that there's sometimes, uh, I don't know if you've ever had like children's books, and I see people kind of catch these deep biblical truths through just the simplicity of, of a child's book, right? And, and that's, that's how the Word of God is. That's how the gospel message is supposed to be. And so today we're going to just spend uh, a few moments just kind of looking at Gideon and, and this, this story in the Bible. It was, it's really something. It's one of my favorite stories. And if you, if you read through and, and you study Gideon, I don't know if, if you've taken note of that recently or, or looked at it recently, but Gideon was not a, a brave person. I don't even think Gideon was like an average on the, the bravery scale. He was like a scaredy cat. Like he was fearful of everything. It's hilarious. It's almost like, like a script, you know, you're reading and it's almost like comedy because he's so afraid every step of the way. He's so unsure every step of the way. He's always questioning, you know, and I mean, here God is showing up to him. You know, the Lord is coming to him as an angel and speaking to him directly with all these signs. And yet he's still 
One more thing. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not this. And we see just uh, some pretty neat things. But from this story, though, there, there's some really great truths. And I just want to share a few of those with you today as we um, uh, walk through this, the, these next few moments. And I'm probably going to get a couple volunteers here shortly. So, but I'll let you just kind of wonder who that's going to be here and let you sweat a little bit. So um, the first thing I want to bring to our attention is, is uh, in Judges. And if you have your Bibles or your phone, Bibles, whatever you have, turn to Judges chapter 6. And uh, this account can be found in, in Judges uh, 6 and 7, those, those two chapters. And um, we're gonna just going to kind of hit some of these verses as we walk through uh, our time today. But in Judges chapter 6, in verses 1 through 6, It says, The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that, were in, that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites uh, and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no uh, sustenance in, the, in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locusts in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted so that they laid waste to the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And this, this last sentence, uh, I just want you to pick up on. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, once again acknowledge you. We just thank you so much, Lord, that, that you are here uh, with us today. God, I pray just as we just take a, a look at, at your word here and this account, Lord, in your scripture, Father God, that you would speak to our hearts. And we just uh, thank you again, Lord, for every person uh, uh, here in this place today, for every person watching online, Lord God. That is, uh, they are here, we're present according to your will, in Jesus' name, amen. So, how many know, uh, my first point is, is this, and how many know that God uses difficult seasons of life to get our attention? Anybody, can I get an amen to that? <laughs> we, it doesn't, you don't have to go live very long, do you, before you, you hit a season that is, is challenging, that is, is hard, that is you know, it's ongoing, and it really brings us to a place of recognizing the end of our strength, the end of our abilities. And interestingly enough that God, he will use those situations, and, and again, to be fair, and I won't ask you to, to raise your hand or amen this one, I think if we're honest, a lot of the time we, we bring those situations on ourselves at times, don't we? Maybe it's our, our bad decision, maybe it's something that we do that we know we shouldn't do, but we just go ahead and roll with it. You know, that, those kinds of things. And so a lot of times we, we really bring ourselves into those difficult situations. But other times it's just living in the world and those situations come. But how many know, again, as we said, God uses those seasons. And, you know, what's striking here is it wasn't until Israel was really at its very end, right? It wasn't like, you know, things were sort of getting bad. It wasn't, you know, kind of on the way. It was really when everything kind of just... They were at rock bottom. And, you know, in this case, again, it's talking about, you know, as it says there, it's that, that evil, uh, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Israel was doing things that were wrong. And so in this case, they brought this, this stuff or this, these challenges on themselves. But, again, there was, there was, there was pride there. There was 
um, there was just this inability to recognize that they were, they were really bringing this on themselves. And, and amazingly enough, and this is what is amazing about the God that we serve, is, is we get to see and we get to experience that God uses even the worst situations, and he teaches us, doesn't he? Just like a, a good father, what he, he, he teaches, he's patient, he lets us, uh, you know, get to that place, but it's kind of like when your, your child's maybe learning how to ride a bike, right? And, you know, you get them kind of pedaling, and they're kind of getting going on their own, maybe with no training wheels for the first time, and they're riding, but, but you're sort of like right there next to them. Like, okay, I know you're probably going to fall here, but I'm right here, and sure enough, you know, when that happens, the father's there to, to help. And even when you know, we fall, we fall away to the ground and get hurt. He's there to pick us up, right? And, and, and the thing is, is, again, in this situation, God is, is teaching his people. God is bringing them to a place where they recognize that there is something that they need to address. There is an evil that, that they are, are committing, and they are not being faithful to, to their Lord and Savior. And so, again, it's, it's in our lives and in the seasons that we go through that are trials and there's struggles. Understand that God is with you. And that, you know, through it all, God is trying to teach us something. We're trying to, to grow and to become more like Christ. And that is really the whole purpose, you know, why we exist on this earth. One of the reasons is that we're becoming more like Christ. Because I think I've mentioned this before, you know, why not when we get saved, let's just go straight to heaven. How about that? <laughs> but we become more like Christ, and also we have the, the responsibility and the great commission, don't we, of, of taking the gospel to the lost. So that's, that's part of it as well. But we're always growing. We're always learning. And as we get older, I think that becomes harder sometimes, doesn't it? Because <laughs> you're like, well, what else could there be? But there's always something, and, and God is wanting to teach us. So, again, understanding very clearly that God uses these difficult seasons of life to teach us. A second thing I, I want to bring out uh, in this passage is found in uh, verses uh, 13 through 24. Verses 13 through 24. Um, and again, you know, Gideon is having this conversation with the angel of the Lord. And verse 13, And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And I want to pause there for a moment because I think that a, a lot of us can get into that place and I don't want to say, you know, life gets hard sometimes. And I think there's times in our life where, you know, we are saying, God, where are you in this? God, where are you right now? Why, why am I not seeing your hand? Why am I not seeing, you know, you dealing and, and, and moving in this situation? You see, this, my second point is this, and, and something I want to really touch on today is that God confirms his will or call in our lives with his presence. What do you mean by that, Pastor Dell? Well, here's the deal. You, God is still present today, all right? I, don't, I think we would all agree to that, probably with, you know, yeah, I understand that. But God is present. God, you know, his word says that he will never leave us or forsake us, right? And so when we're walking through those trials, when we're going through those dark days, if you will, we can never, never, um, you know, question the fact that God is present. And there are times, and, and again, I don't want to keep asking for hands to show, but there are times when we go through the darkest hour, if you will, and it's in those moments 
I believe, I know for my own life, and I believe for all of you, it's in those moments typically that we experience the greatest closeness with God, isn't it? Because everything's kind of just laid down at that point. Everything is sort of on the table, and we're like, God, I just need to know you're, you're here. And a lot of times, you know, that, that comes as, you know, as God's peace, that peace that passes all understanding we talk about all the time. And, and, and there's, there's God's presence. Why? Because when Jesus left earth, he said, you know, it's good that I go. Why? Because I'm sending a comforter. I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is present with us today. The Holy Spirit is here today with us, right in this moment even. You know, maybe you've heard this saying before, you know, it's, the sun is always shining. We all know that, right? At nighttime, has the sun, like the little switch been flipped on the sun and it turned off the bulb for the, the evening? No, we just, we just can't see it. We're not aware of it, right? So God is always with us. God is always present with us. The question is, are we aware of his presence? Are we aware that he is there? You know, um, we all have a call on our lives. We all have things, we all have uh, something that God has called us to do. We are called to be obedient to what those things are, we are, whatever that is. And it's different for each of us, right? A lot of times I think people think of a call as, as you know, being up here preaching a sermon as a pastor or just in full-time ministry, but that's not. All, you all are called to something. And we, we are called to be obedient to that. I, um, you know, I, I often get asked when, when we were in Kuwait, you know, we, we faced a lot of challenges there, but we, we stayed and we persevered. And, you know, Leanne and I had prayed about it, and we felt like, you know what, God, God still has us here. And what that did is it allowed us to persevere through those difficult times. Why? Because we truly believed that God had called us to that place for that season. And I'll tell you, through that time and through those challenges was some of the, the most wonderful moments I had in my walk with God. Again, what was happening on the outside was not fun, <laughs> you know, what we were facing, but what was happening in my walk with God is it was deepening, and there was a closeness, right? You know, again, the scripture says that we, if we draw near to God, he will what? Draw near to us. And I'll tell you, one of the greatest ways to draw near to God is, is when um, all hell is breaking loose in your world, right? Because you, you come like this place where the Israelites came. They came to their end, and, and we were at our end. We could not do anything else in our own power. And so in those moments, we were just crying out to God. And, I, and we knew that there was a call for us to be there and to persevere. And, and just like there was a call to be there and persevere, I've also been asked the question, well, then, you know, how did you know when it was time to go? And I would encourage all of you, all of us in this room, you know, we never, we never want to run out of a situation just for the sake of stopping uh, maybe some discomfort in our lives. You know, the question is, because there's times that we're supposed to persevere, and there's times where the, maybe that God is starting to, to steer us in a different direction, right? And so for us, we knew, and the, the way I've explained it to some people is there was um, kind of a sense of God's grace lifting for us to be there. Why? Because the call was shifting. We were given kind of that green light to, to return here to the United States. And crazy enough, we're, I'm standing here today <laughs> because I didn't know that was on the horizon, but I knew that God was calling us back. And that, you know, it, it began, you know, probably back in 2018. And we left in 2019, but it was, it was this, this sensing what God was doing and knowing that, that the, 
you know, things were shifting and beginning to turn a different direction and that it was, we were being released from that place. And so understanding the call and knowing God's presence is, was critical during that time. My next point is, and it comes from uh, verses 25 through 32, and it's this, and we won't go through all of these, but um, it's that private health produces public fruit. All right? Private health produces public fruit. And I think this is one of the greatest challenges in the church today. Our, not just our church, I mean the church as a whole, is that when we're not living life according to the word of God, to the will of God at home, and when nobody's around, it affects what is our public ministry, if you are, what people see in our lives. And, you know, we, we're, we do something here in our leadership called DNA of a Leader, and that's, that's the whole kind of premise of the thing, is, is, is privately healthy, publicly fruitful, right? And we can't expect, again, to, to have that public fruitfulness if we're not living right when we're not in the public, right? You know, it's just a, it's a small thing. It's, it's a small sin. Or maybe, maybe we don't even call it sin, you know. It's just, well, or we, maybe God's called us to do something. We maybe do it halfway, but not all the way. Yeah? Just keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. I'm saying that for myself, too, because, you know, again, not doing something fully in full obedience into what God has said is still disobedience. And, and oftentimes, unfortunately, I think we try to convince ourselves otherwise, and we wonder why maybe things aren't going well. Well, it's because we're in disobedience. I'm not saying that every single thing that happens in this life is, is a product of disobedience, but that's something we always should look at, right? Is your prayer life dry? Is your walk with God, you know, is that distant? Does he seem far away? I would encourage you today, the first place that you should probably start is, is one, getting on your knees and saying, Lord, is there something in me right now? Is there a place in my heart, is there a place in my life that I have not said yes or have not stepped into uh, knowing that you have called me to that? Why? Because God cannot bless disobedience. God cannot bless half-hearted obedience, half-obedience, because that's still all disobedience. And there's two types of sin, right? There's sins of commission and omission. And I think a lot of us do really well not doing the sinful things of committing sin or doing something wrong. But here's the other side of that is the sin of omission, where it's not doing what you know you're supposed to. Where you kind of hang back and like, well, you know, I didn't do that. Well, you maybe didn't do that, but you were supposed to, or you're supposed to do this over here. And it's easier sort of to kind of hang back and, and make excuses there. So again, understanding here that private health produces public fruitfulness. And so, you know, with Gideon, we see this, this back and forth between the angel of the Lord, which, you know, was the Lord speaking to him. And we, we see kind of what's happening behind him, but but even though he was afraid, even though he was scared, and even though there were some issues, and if you read that passage and read that chapter, what it all started with is he had to go and he tore down uh, the, the statue of Baal and, and the altars to the false gods that Israel had built. 
Now, he did it at nighttime when nobody was around, so nobody would see him because he was scared of somebody finding out who did it. But he still was obedient, and he did it. And so then God was able to start working through Gideon. He was able to start blessing what he was doing. And ultimately, we saw this, this public fruitfulness come out of Gideon. Why? Because he was, he was privately healthy. He was privately doing what he was supposed to do and be obedient. My next point comes from uh, chapter 6, verses 33 through 40. And, and if you uh, have your Bibles there, I think the words will be up on the screen as well. It says, Now all the, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. All right, Think of that picture for a moment. Clothed Gideon. He sounded the trumpet. And the Abizarites were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh. And they too were called out to follow him. And what I want you to see here is, is that he was called to blow this horn and to, to call for help. And I want to do something here. Just uh, I need a, I'm going to need some help here. Let me see. This has to be. All right. Well, the first person I think I'm going to need is Tom. You're the lucky winner today. Sorry, I needed a tall, big guy. That's you. Sorry. So, Tom. <laughs> I'm sure you're not used to anybody pointing out that you're tall and you stand out a little bit. You can take that for me. And then, let me see. Bryn, is Maeve back there? Is Maeve up there? Maeve, why don't you come down here real quick? You're about the same size as this guy. Come on down here. Yep. She's like, what in the world is happening? I didn't sign up for this. Here she comes. Give, her, give Maeve a hand. Give me. All right. All right. Why don't you come over here, sweetie? I want you to come over this side of me. There we go. Here, can you hold that? So about the, you think you're about the same size as him? You think you could wrestle him? I bet you could probably wrestle him pretty good. You got three, you got a couple brothers there, so. So. Oh, you have one brother here. Okay, well, one brother's here. So, can we all, you know, agree that there's a slight size difference here, right? A little, a little height, anyway. And, um, you know, when we see and we read here, you know, something I want us to notice is, again, you know, when Gideon blew this horn, all right, so we're going to, we got, those are going to become horns. I want you to kind of roll it up, like in like a newspaper sort of thing. Can you do that, Maeve, like he's doing? Can you roll that up? Just, yep. Just, yeah. A little looser, maybe. Yeah, just like that. Now this paper will cooperate. There you go. There's your horn. How's that? That's a beauty. All right, hold on to it. Don't let it unroll. All right. So, we're going to have a competition here. Okay. So we're going to blow our horns. You're going to go first, and then she's going to go. And I want to see, like, whose is louder. So, but you really got to try. You got to, like, yeah. But don't, but point it that way. Yeah, it's, don't, watch out for spit. Oh, come on, Tom. You're going to ruin my thing here. You got to, got to get loud and proud here. All right. Okay, that was pretty good. Maeve, what do you got? Okay, okay. All right. So... 
Let's go one more round. Let's go one more round. Let's just hear you again, Tom. Okay. Hey, what do you got there? Okay. All right. So let's do one more. Last one. All right. All right. Now hold on, Maeve. Hold on. Hold on. We missed one thing here because it says that, it says the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. All right. Can you imagine that? Like the spirit of the Lord, like kind of almost like a coat, you know, it was around him and it gave him something beyond himself that, that was much louder. Okay. So let's, let's pray and let's ask God here to clothe you and give you just like Gideon was. All right. So Lord, help Maeve to, to blow this horn just like Gideon. All right. Amen. All right. So you ready? I'm going to count to three. I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to blow as best you can. Right. You ready? Are you, you ready? Are you sure? Okay. One, two. Are you sure you're ready? Okay. All right. One, two. Wait. Got to relax a little bit too. And then, right? Okay. One, two, three. Blow. Try it again. Try, try it again. Try it again. Blow again. Blow. Go. Blow. Yeah. I think we can go louder. I think we can go louder. Try it again. Louder. All right. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. You can give that. Thanks, Tom. That sound was totally coming from Maeve, by the way, just so you know. But the point was this, right? The point and the whole thing, it was, you know, it was fun. We, we wanted to do that. But the point was this, and then we can't miss that, is there was something significant that took place. Because Gideon, it says, again, he was clothed with the Spirit of God. And it, basically what that did is it took Gideon. I mean, think about blowing this, this ram's horn and the, how, that must, how far that must have gone to call. And then there was a response to the situation. And so, again, the point is this, is it's not in our strength, right? It's not in our ability and it's not in our power. And we have to remember that when we walk through our trials and we walk through our struggles, that there comes a place where, again, as we started this, this message, where we come to our end, where we don't have the strength, we don't have the ability, but God does. And God can take what we do and make something a truly amazing out of it, amen? Finally, my last point is that God's way is always so that he receives the glory. God's way is always so he receives the glory. And I want to read this, this passage, Judges 7, uh, verses 1. And we'll, we'll go down a little ways here. I just want you to, to hear this. Uh, we'll jump in at 2. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many. And so this is when the soldiers had gathered together. And he had, you know, some 20 plus thousand soldiers. The Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand was saved from me. And what that's saying, all right, let me jump over here to another translation. Uh, here it is. Listen to this. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. You see, everything that God does, and when we come to those places, and when we say, Lord, you know, here I am, uh, you know, and in my obedience, 
and I'm going through this situation, Lord, have your way. It's saying that, God, would you do something here that only you can do so that it is clear that it's, it's, it's God's hand. It's the Lord's hand that has done this. Again, in that situation where, you know, my family and I were in, in Kuwait and going through those challenging times, there were things that happened, literally, that everybody around us knew that there was no way possible that we could have done that on our own. What happened, what took place, it was only by the hand of God that, that it, could, it could be done that way. And everybody said that. People that weren't even Christians were saying, this is impossible. <laughs> and then I do that, basically. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus. And that we prayed, and this, this happened. Why? Because God wants to receive the glory. And I'm simply just the vessel that he's going to use to achieve that. And so my question today to you is, you know, are you willing to let God use you, use your life for his glory? Realizing it may not always be the most comfortable thing in the world. Now, I was thinking as, as I was, you know, preparing this too, like I can't imagine, imagine Gideon's men. <laughs> when you go from, you know, 20 to 30,000 warriors, right? And Gideon's here, he's, he's like whittling this down, whittling this down, whittling this down to 300 men. And think about those 300 men, what they must have been thinking. Like, dude, I'm not following you anywhere. You're crazy. <laughs> That's in, no, I'm just kidding. It's not in there. Um, that's my paraphrase. But the fact that they still went with him, right? This fact that they still followed. So you knew that those men must have been men of God. Knowing that God would somehow deliver them, that God was doing something amazing, <laughs> to be able to go into battle. And the reality is, too, is they never even had to step into battle, did they? Their enemies fled. You know, again, I was, I was in the military, and, you know, the military require, requires two, thing, two things. You know, I'm sure more, but for today and for this lesson, it's two. Two things, and that's trust and obedience. Trust and obedience. You cannot obey... Some, someone or something that you don't trust, right? It's impossible. In the military, there are times when you, you a lot of, not times, there's a lot of the time, or if not all the time, you only see, in most cases, you know, your part of the mission. You don't see all the other pieces that are moving. You just know that you have to complete, you have to fulfill your part of it. If you don't, then the whole mission will fail, the parts that you can't see. You know, you have to trust in your leadership because they may ask you to do things. They will, they will, they will tell you what to do. They will give you those marching orders. And, and you have to trust that, okay, they see the bigger picture. And so you go out and you do it. And you watch the mission unfold. And then later you typically will be able to look back and you find out kind of it's, it's, uh, the scope of how big it was. And the second thing, after trust in your leadership, it's, it's obedience to orders. And in the military, that's, you know, you have to, because sometimes literally, and we, we're trying to teach our kids this sometime, sometimes now, you know, that, you know, some, your life may depend on that one day. <laughs> if I yell at you to get out of the street, and they may not see a big truck that's barreling down, and they want to sit there and have, you know, a 10-minute argument or, sorry, a discussion, um, and question why you're asking them to get out of the street. Nobody else has this going on, right, in their house. It's just... You say it one time and it's done, right? Yeah? 
<laughs> right. My trash can's full right now at home, by the way, wherever Isaac is. Um, but obedience to orders, you know, we, we, we have to obey. We have to obey, and we have to follow what God is telling us to do. And so in conclusion, I want to share with you this. Uh, we had an acronym called leadership. Anybody in the Army, did anybody have this? This might have came later on. So we had this acronym, and it was, again, what we, what we kind of live by, the principles we live by uh, in the Army. And the first one was loyalty. The second one was duty. The third was respect. The fourth was selfless service. The fifth was honor. And then integrity. And then there's one more, and that's personal courage. And I love that list, but the, the last one, and again, it's, it's true, you know, you need to have that, that personal courage. But today I think that, you know, what I wanted to get at and what I hope has come across is there comes a point that, that even if you don't have that courage, even if you are as scared as Gideon was, <laughs> afraid of everything, every single step, every single moment, that God can still do amazing things through you. That God can still work. Why? Because he gets the glory. It's his strength. Where you lack, you know, where we are weak, he is strong. That's what the scripture says. And so I would encourage you, you know, we're, we're kind of on this theme today of getting in the, the army of God and we've sang these songs and, and we are part of the army of God. That's, that's, that's what we are part of. We are in a war, whether you realize it or not. We are in a war. And so, again, we have to keep that in our mind and keep our mindset in such a way that what we do matters. What you do outside of this building and this, this church, it affects this, this community, right? It affects this community. There is, there is an importance to you doing the right things, to be obedient and to live right. Why? Because when we are together, we are, we are part of this body of Christ here. We are part of the big body of Christ, but we're part of, of this local body. And we want God to bless what we do, amen? <laughs> you know, we can do things and we can, we can uh, minister to people, but at the end of the day, God cannot bless those places or those people where there's disobedience. And so as we wrap up, and, and I'm going to spend a few moments here in prayer and, and we'll close out this portion, but I want you just to take a few moments and ask God, God, where, where in my life... Have I not obeyed? Where in my life have I, have I missed this mark? Before we do that, I want to do one more illustration, though, because I think it's only fair for the kids. So whatever kids are in here, can you guys come forward? Do we sell balloons, Tony? Pastor Tony, do we still have those? There are a few of them? Okay. All right, let's get, let's get four, hang on, hang on, hold on, hold on, one, two, 
three, four. Let's, for you four come forward first. And you guys hang out. You guys are going to have a part in this. All right. So why don't you guys line up across here. All the, all the other kids step over here for a moment. And I want you four to stand spread out and face, face the audience. Let's kind of step over here for a minute. You're going to have a part in this. Just a minute. Come on over. Come on over. All right. Can you spread out just a little more? Nathan, move to your left a little bit that way. Go over there. You guys need some room. Okay. So Pastor Tony and Miss Cindy are going to give you guys each three balloons. Was it three, Tony? Pastor Tony? Yes. Okay. How long did you want to go initially? Uh, well, the objective here is um, no, there's no rules except um, you, you, you have to keep the balloons up in the air. Your balloons. Your balloons. And if you can keep them up for 30 seconds, okay, uh, you will win. All right? Something. Now, th there's no not. rules except that you can't hold the balloon or put it on something. Okay, but you can use all your resources, uh, and you can to keep the three balloons up for thirty seconds. Okay, we're going to see who's learned what we just heard mm -hmm. about Gideon relying on God, not self-reliance. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna, you're going to try to keep the balloons in the air for thirty seconds without holding them. Here. All right. Getting off to a good start. And, you, and I know. That, and don't worry. We had the teenagers do this beforehand, and I want you to know oh, it's not right. easy. You got it? Give it to her? <laughs> okay. Okay. I got a, you guys got a timer back there? or I've got one up here. If you know. All right. All right. I'll use this one. Now, remember, you got to keep them up going. You can't hold any of them. Ready? All right. Set. Go. 30 seconds. Make sure you keep track of your balloons. <laughs> They cannot touch the ground. She's got one. Nathan's got one, but unfortunately, the others have touched the ground. All right. All right. I think we all didn't. Yeah, we yeah, didn't let's, that one. Let's. Uh, all right. Well, remember, the only rule is you got to keep it Listen. up, but you can use all your resources to keep them up. Are there any other resources you can use to keep all three of them up? What resource would you use? What would you use? The Lord. The Lord, okay. The Lord. What about in this room right now? Probably maybe standing over even in this area here. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Okay, so hold the balloons for a second. Okay, okay get, let's get, your, get your three balloons again. Get your three balloons. Now, is there any other resources that they can rely on besides themselves right. to do this activity. Because these balloons kind of represent the trials we go through in life. Yeah. And if we try to handle them all by ourselves, it's going to be hard. Any other resources at all? Any, any, other, any other ones? Anybody? Any resources? Anybody? Is there anybody's name resource? <laughs> any, any resources? So, any resources? Pastor Tony didn't say you had to keep them up all by yourself. He said you could use any resources. What's? A little help from everyone else. How about that? Well, yeah. hey, 
Okay. So, what if you guys came and asked for some help? There's some. There's a pile of resources over here too. Don't forget. Nathan. Nathan just got a couple resources. Okay. You guys want to? You want to talk to resources here? Yeah. Come on over. Do we want to keep them divided up? Or do we just want to? See if well, they can keep all the balloons. It's pretty, uh, you know what? The whole point of this activity is you can't do it by yourself. So everybody, why was everybody You're going to need someone's here. help. Everybody move yeah. over. And let's see are if you, we can keep these balloons. Help? Okay, so no balloons can hit the ground. No balloons can hit the ground. Thank you. There that, you go. No, that really helped our odds. Keep One doing gone. that. <laughs> we want this thing to work. All right. All right, so you guys Nathan, ready? Nathan, you have some helpers here? Do you mind helping? All right. Oh, don't let them. They got to start here. Whose balloon was this? <laughs> you guys want to come? Are we ready? Anybody else? Anybody? Who's the third balloon was this? Nobody's? Huh? Okay. All right, true. thank you, Peace. Thank you, Bella. That's true. All right, here Just we go. One, two, three. Here we go, 30 seconds. Let's keep two, the balloons in the three, air. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, oh, don't let it go. 14, oh. 15, oh. 16, up. 17, oh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. The stage is not the ground. It is not the ground. 25, This, this isn't the ground over here either. 27, 28, 29, All 30. Right. Way to go. Now, if everyone had come And you come can take up, a balloon with you. Take one balloon with you. <laughs> Good job. You guys can take a balloon with you take if you want. Take one balloon you. with you. Take one balloon. All right. Because... All right. Nice. Anybody else want a balloon? Any adults? Come on. Don't be shy. There you go. Why don't you go give one? You can go give one to somebody. So, again, in the, the whole, you know, that visual illustration, as fun as it is, it's, it's to remind us that we need to ask God for help, don't we? We need to ask God when we're at our end, when we need to, to truly recognize the fact that we can't do it in our own strength any longer. We ask God for help. So let's, let's bow our heads and we're just going to take a few minutes to pray and then we're, we're going to wrap up our service here. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. God, I thank you for each person here. I thank you for each person watching online. And God, I thank you for just that fun illustration, uh, God, of a very uh, real and, and, and uh, very important biblical truth. And that's, Lord, we do come to our, our end. We, we are created beings, Lord. You created us and we have limits we have uh, weaknesses, Lord God, and there's an end to our strength and what we can do. God, let us recognize, Lord, and, and come to that place uh, just so much quicker, Lord God, maybe than we've ever had in the past. God, may we recognize, Father God, where there are places in our lives where there has been disobedience even. Maybe, God, maybe that disobedience comes from a place of not thinking we can do it on our own, and, and God, maybe that's true. But God, if you've called us, God, we know that, that you are there. God, because you, we know that you do not call the equipped necessarily, but you equip the called. And so, God, our job is to step out in faith. Our, our job and what we're, what we're called to do is to step out and be obedient 
to what it is, Lord, that you've, you've laid in our hearts and put on our hearts, God, to do. God, may you give us the strength, may you give us the courage, may you give us the, the uh, awareness, Lord God, that we need you. And God, then we can step back and see, Lord, that truly you are great and you are God. God, forgive us today where we've not stepped into the places, Lord, that you've called us to. God, we thank you for just this time today, Lord, and this service and just this chance, Lord God, for us to just enjoy, uh, Lord, just being together, Lord, as a huge church family. I pray, Lord, you've blessed it. I pray, Lord, that you've spoken to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.